0: Here's Pastor Scott. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6 says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, It's Time to step up pray with me god thank you for your word god i thank you for the examples that you've given us to follow and for for your spirit that lives within us and i ask you god today to teach us from your word by your spirit father i pray lord that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say father anoint this time for your purpose and your glory in jesus name amen We've been talking all 2021 about it's time. We started this year with the theme of it's time because the Bible says that it's time for us to do and be all that God has called us to do and be. And I've shared with you before, but I want you to understand right off the bat this morning that procrastination is one of the devil's biggest tools to stop you. And I've said it many times that he can't really stop you. But he can stumble you. He, he, he can't prevent you, but he can slow you down. And too many people live in this world of what they're going to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to join this team. I'm going I'm to serve this way. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to read through the Bible in, in 2022. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. That procrastination is the trick of the devil to make you think something's going to change. But nothing changes until you change. I think everybody in this room that that has road walking sense and half an ounce of wisdom would agree that we need to see lots of change in our world. Our country needs change. Our city needs change. Our churches need change. The body of Christ around the world needs change. But it all starts with you. Are you willing to let God have his way in your life? Are you willing, hear me, to step up? Look at somebody and say step up. It is time to step up. If we went around this room right now and we had everyone take a microphone, if I just said, tell me everything you've ever done, every place, every way you ever served inside a church, how many of y'all would know we got a lot of people in this room right now that have served God in churches in the past, hear me good, that aren't doing it now? Oh, if you can't say amen, just say ouch. Ouch. But it's time to step up. You see, the enemy wants to keep you on the sideline. But God wants you to get in his business. Remember what Jesus told Mary and Joseph when, when, they, uh, when Mary was upset? And she said, we were looking for you. You, you panicked us. And, and Jesus said, don't you know I had to be in my father's house being about his business? I want you to consider the fact that I'm sharing with you today from God. It's time. To step up, we're gonna jump right in. It's gonna be a little different type of service this morning, so you pay attention as the Spirit of God moves in this place. In verse 1 of Isaiah 6, the Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died. So something big has happened. Say big. Something big has happened nationally, worldwide, and particularly in Isaiah's life. And he said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, traditionally, uh, this this message would be preached in in great fashion. It, It makes such a great message that for many people, something has to die for you to be able to see God clearly. Something has to shift for you to finally get your eyes off what you were looking at to see God clearly. You see, Isaiah loved King Uzziah. King Uzziah had served for 52 years. All Isaiah knew was the king serving God and things going good. The nation prospered. Big things happened under Uzziah. He died, and everybody was like, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to do? Now, in my house, I think I was the only one that liked it, but I used to make the kids listen to it all the time. Uh, Spoiler alert, I'm not a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. But uh, when... Uh, some 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 groups, three girls, made this song. I don't know if any of y'all saw it. Uh, they, they went downtown Jacksonville, and they did this song about the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars um, af- after the quarterback went down. Um, I don't even remember what the name of the quarterback was. Well, who was he? No, before him. See, nobody even knows. But everybody was, oh, Nick Foles. I thought was it wasn't Nick Foles. Y'all don't know. Y'all ain't Jaguar fans either. I'm certainly not. But anyway, one part of the song, and it, it was so, yeah, Foles, it was so corny. My kids, uh, my kids said, Dad, that's so sketchy. But, but I just walk around the house singing it all the time because one part of the song, because they made the song right after Foles went down, and this unknown quarterback named Garner Minshew stepped up. And the one part of the song says, we went from, oh, no, what are we going to do to give me some more Minshew? And we got a nation walking around right now saying, Oh no, what are we going to do? Let me tell you, Garner Minshew's not the answer for America. Right. Garner Minshew's not the answer for the Lord's church. The answer is found in God's holy word. But King Uzziah died, and the whole nation was in that same, Oh no, what are we going to do? This man had been the king for 52 years, brought us to uh, military might and, and financial power and sometimes you got to let some good things go you got to let some bad things go you got to get your eyes off what you've been focusing on so you can get a clear picture of God and I came to tell you today we all need to see God we all need a revelation of who God is and I'm not talking about with our natural eyes the, the Bible says that no man has seen the fullness of God and lived. You, God is, listen, if you think God showed up to you in your bedroom one day, I, I, I just want to ask you, please stop eating Chinese food within three hours of going to bed. Get off Mexican food, spicy food. Um, now I'm not saying God can't give you a vision, but the Bible says that no one has seen God and lived. Not in His fullness. I'm not saying you need to see Him with your natural eyes. I'm saying we need to see God with our spiritual eyes. We need to be aware of His presence, His purpose, and His plan. We need to get a clearer revelation of who God is and what God is expecting from us. I'll give you a hint. He wants us to step up. He wants us to step up. Remember, if you work your whole thought process spiritually around the fact that God never changes what he did before he'd do now it it would have answered that question all those people made that money off of selling t-shirts and wristbands and and lunch boxes WWJD what would Jesus do he'd do today exactly what he did 2,000 years ago because he never changes and God never changes I want you to remember that as you process through life I know there are people in this room that are believing God for a greater manifestation of who he is and I want you to know just as Isaiah saw the Lord just as Moses saw the Lord just as Jacob wrestled with God and held on looking for more of God we can too Acts 10:34, Peter said I see very clearly that God doesn't show partiality God will let you see him when you get your eyes off other stuff. Oh, it's, it, it's a sad truth to tell. And, and, and this is why we've got empty seats in here today. Because God called me to tell the truth, not just to politic favor from human beings. Because if I preach every week about uh, personal empowerment and how awesome you are, and God sees greatness within Listen, God don't see any greatness within you. Call every preacher on the radio and tell them that. What God sees in us is sin. What God sees in us is need. What God sees in us is lack. What God sees in us is evil. And what he did, he made a way to replace all that with the righteousness of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. The only great thing that resides in us is the Holy Spirit if we're saved. How how did we go in in 2,000 years from God inspiring the the Apostle Paul to say there's no good thing in me to every message I hear being preached on TV is you are somebody and God needs you. Let Let me get off that and keep going. God doesn't show partiality what he did for others he'll do for you. And Isaiah saw the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you get a glimpse of God, it'll change your life. Uh, I started to say it change your life forever, but I- I'm living proof that that's not necessarily true. How, how, how many of y'all ever went to a conference? How many of y'all ever got along with God in your bedroom? How many of y'all ever had a church service where the Spirit of God actually touched you and moved on you? And you just felt, you knew that you had done, uh, had an experience with God. And you thought, I'll never be the same. I've, I've left conference after conference. I remember one year, pa- Pastor Gene and I went to Manpower together. and We were driving back and I told him, I said, preacher, God, God has, has, has just worked a work in me. I'm never going to be the same. About two weeks later, I was the same. So, but but God will reveal himself to us. It will change you, but you can't live off last year's revelation. You can't live off last year's faith. You can't live off, I used to teach, deep, ush, preach, sing in the choir. You can't live off, I used to really be close to God. It's time to step up right now. Can somebody say amen? But, but some, sometimes that big thing in your life has to die. Listen, if you know more about sports than you know about God, you need to start watching less sports. If you spend more time on your hobbies than you spend serving God, you need to give up your hobbies. Oh, yeah, we're going for 12 people in church next week. The, 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 the Bible says that the Word is a rock. It, it, it's an offense. When, when, when you compare it to who you are, it, it you you will come to a realization of it's time for me to make a change. And Isaiah is going through a big change right now. His world was going through a big change right now. He's Isaiah's wondering about the future. He's he's weeping. And he's looking at this empty throne of Uzziah because that had taken much of his time. That had taken much of his vision. That is who he had looked to for many years. And he's not there anymore, but he saw The real king. He's sitting there thinking hope is lost and the king is dead. But his life was changing and he didn't even realize it. But because he was in the temple, because he was looking for God through his pain, uh, through the distortion of his tears, another throne appears. And I want you to know no matter where you are right now, no matter how close you are, how far away from God you are, God will reveal himself to you if you will seek him with your whole heart. Too many times we don't get a revelation of God because he already made that condition. We'll only find him when we search for him with our whole heart. But here Isaiah is, he, he's, he's in a time of national crisis, a time of personal tragedy. He was close to the king. He doesn't know if he's going to be close to the next king. He, do, he doesn't know if he's even going to like the next king. He doesn't know if the next king is going to honor him as the voice piece of God or honor God as the one who called him to be king. But he begins to see that there's a bigger work at hand. And I try to tell you guys this when it comes to politics, when it it comes to the, the next man up or the next woman up. They are not our hope. I heard for four years People say the reason why killings are up is because Donald Trump is a racist and emboldened people to go out and kill folk. Uh, let me tell you, this has been the most murderous year in the history of America. Philadelphia has already had over 500 killings this year, first time in the city of Brotherly Love's history. Chicago, murder rate, all-time high. Baltimore, murder this year. So here's the thing. For all y'all that thought Trump was going to be your answer, no, it was was bad under Trump. For all y'all that thought getting Trump, anybody but Trump, listen, The answer is not in Joe Biden. It's not in Donald Trump. It's not in Donald Trump running again. It's not in Kamala Harris being the first black female president. I already told y'all she was that last two Fridays ago for an hour and 15 minutes. The whole world didn't change. What we need to do is see beyond what we're looking at and see the bigger picture. We need to get a revelation of God. It's in these times of personal tragedy, national tragedy, bewilderment, that you can get a clear picture of God if you will look. And I promise you, our greatest need is not for the dollar to recover. I told y'all the Sunday after the election happened that you could kiss gas under $2 goodbye. Anybody remember me saying that? You won't see gas under $2 no more. Now, gas in, in uh, New York is $5 a gallon, and you can say, well, I'm glad we don't live in New York. Listen, I paid f- uh, 3.97 dollars for gas last week. You're like, oh, well, you need to shop where I shop. Listen, 3 dollars is coming to where you shop. But our greatest need is not lower gas prices. Our greatest need is not a better president. Our greatest need is not a different president. Our greatest need is, is not uh, a wholesale change politically, our greatest need is that the people who say that they know God to step up and start being who God called them to be. Listen to Isaiah 6-2. Uh, the Bible says, Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his, his feet. And with two he flew. Listen, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we're going to be angels. Stop thinking that when you die, you're going to get your wings and sit on a cloud and play a harp. That's not going to be our job. That's that's some of what angels do, but that's not going to be what we do. Verse 3 says, and one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, this is a lot of preaching in this one verse. I could take the whole hour and be on this one verse, but I'm not going to because I told you we're looking at Isaiah 6 in a little different light this morning. But I don't want to rush by it without pointing out to you that what they were saying about God is not loving, loving, loving. It's not inclusion, inclusion, inclusion. It's not racial harmony, racial harmony, racial harmony. It's not social justice, social justice, social. It's not politics, politics, politics. It's not wealth and privilege. It's not health, wealth, and prosperity. It is holy, holy, holy. The Bible says God's name is holy. And until we get a revelation of the holiness of God, we will never move one step closer to who he is. God is holy, and we are not. Let's move on. I always tell you, when you read the Bible, pay attention to the punctuation. Stop on these phrases and pause on them. Consider them. Don't just rush through them. But look at the last phrase in verse 3. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, if I had asked you this question without reading this verse, if I had asked you, is the whole earth full of God's glory? The crack house. The whole house. Yo house. The the, the basic thought might have been to say no. But I want to tell you, no matter what I think, no matter what you think, no matter how it looks to me, no matter how it looks to you, what God says is the truth. And God said the whole earth is full of his glory. And I want to tell you something. The glory of God is everywhere. If you're not seeing it, it's because you're not looking for it. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, who is he saying ain't seeing God's glory? Everybody in this room. I don't know one person. I know some that are seeing a lot, but I don't know one person who is truly getting a full revelation of the glory of God. Everybody that I know could do better. Can anybody in the room say, I could do better? Amen. But the whole earth is full of God's glory. That means the west side of Jacksonville is full of God's glory. That means your children's bedroom is full of God's glory. That means the places that you go and your family members go to do dirt and and, 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 and mess around is full of God's glory. It's full of God's glory whether you're seeing it, recognizing it, or stepping up to it or not. It's already full of God's glory. We just gotta get a better picture of what we're seeing just like Isaiah he had his eyes on the king he didn't see the full vision of what God had for him until the the big thing in his life was gone and some of y'all need to let some things in your life go you need to let some past things go you need to let some of your past hurts go you need to let some of your past successes go because if you're living on past hurt you can't walk in today's blessing and if you're living on your past success you're just filled up with pride and doing nothing today The Apostle Paul, they they thought he was uh, the greatest human being on two feet, and he was the most anointed man on the planet during his day. He was the chief apostle, and God used him to shake multiple continents for Christ and to write half of the New Testament. He was awesome, but when the people in Philippi told him, uh, you're, you're, you're you're already everything anybody could ever hope to be. He said, no, I haven't arrived. I haven't attained. I haven't gotten to that place yet. Then he said, but this one thing I do. Now, listen, if you're ever in a class, if you're ever in, uh, in, in an academic setting, and the teacher, the professor says, this is something you're going to see on the test, you need to write that down. If you're being mentored or you have a coach and says, the one thing we're going to focus on, you need to really pay attention. If you're ever starting a job and you're getting some on-the-job training and they say, the one thing you really need to make sure you get done on your you need to perk your ears up and pay attention. The Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do. He didn't say I read the Bible 18 hours a day. He didn't say I pray 20 hours a day. He didn't say I witnessed to at least 150 people every day. He said, This one thing I do, I put the past in the past. He said, I forget those things that are behind me and I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm, he had successes he could look back on, but that's a trap. Because then you're justifying yourself. Well, at least I ain't as bad as so and so. They never, they never even served in church at all. At least I, I had my seed. Listen, your past successes can be what the devil uses to hold you back. Living on what you used to be. Your past failures hold a lot of people back. Hear the word of the Lord. Forget what is behind you and press toward what is ahead of you. God has a plan for your life and The whole earth is already full of his glory. You just got to open your eyes and find it. See, this is is what I love about brand new Christians. Brand new Christians, many times, their eyes are seeing more clearly than people who've been saved for decades. Because they really understand. They've passed from death to life. They, They went from being blind to seeing. I've told you before, but I can remember when I first got saved, it just seemed like the sky was bluer and the birds sang better. It seemed like the ocean was more majestic and God was just everywhere I looked. But then as life happens and we start getting around other carnal Christians, fleshly living folk, people that aren't really seeing God in everything, seeing his glory all over the earth, we start dumbing down our level of spirituality. And I want you to know it's time to step up. It's it's time to step up your vision. It's time to step up your activity. It's time to step up and be who God called you to. To be in verse four, the Bible says, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Okay, something big's happening. Something, something big is going on. Listen, when you start looking, big stuff will start happening, and you'll be able to see it more clearly. Do you know stuff's happening all around you everywhere? Stuff, there's stuff going on all around you everywhere, and and... Some of it, God doesn't want us to see, and some of it, we're not even trying to see. Y'all remember the story of Elisha and his servant when they were hunting Elisha to kill him, and him and his servant took off, and they had a donkey, and the servant gets up, and he sees thousands of people surrounding them on the hillside, and he's like, Oh, no, they're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. There's too many of them. And Elisha prays that his servant's eyes will be opened to the spirit realm. Because before he prayed, he said something to him that dude didn't believe. He said, don't fear. There's more with us than against us. Right. And the servant said what a lot of people say when they don't see a lot of people in church. They're like, well, man, it looks like a lot of people didn't come to church today. The Bible says God can say by few or by many. Because a lot of what God is doing is in the heavenlies and not in these chairs. Right. <laughs> I hope somebody's hearing what I'm saying. And he said, he said, there's more with us than against us. And you got to know what the servant was thinking. He had Chinese food last night again. He just, the man needs some rest. He's like, Are, that's, that's all them, and it's us two and this donkey. And then the man of God prayed that the servant's eyes would be opened into the spirit realm, and he saw angels All around him, ready to do battle and ready to do war. There's stuff going on. Everywhere. There's stuff going on in your house. You just got to open your eyes and look for it. There's stuff going on in your. God is everywhere and the whole earth is full of his glory. If you could see everything God is able to do right now, it would do to you what it's done to everybody that ever got a clear picture of God. It would put you flat on your face crying out, I'm not worthy because you've seen the, the, the image, a vision of who God is and how great he is. But verse 5. Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Here Isaiah is, he realizes. See, when you're not looking at how great God is, when you're just just watching the pastor, and and you're just saying, Well, he ain't perfect neither, so (laughs) I'm okay. Uh, the pastor is nobody's standard. When, when you're just looking at your friend who, who says they're saved like you say you're saved, and, and, and you, you're just like, well, I, I, I do more for the Lord than, than she does. She's not the standard. When you really get a vision of God, you see how great God is, you're going to see yourself as low and not fit. See, the Bible says when we compare ourselves to ourselves, we become unwise. But when we realize that God is our standard, we realize that we are undone, that that we have a long way to go, that we need to step up. I love what uh, the the great preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon said. He, He said, God, he said, undone is not a bad place to be because God will never do anything with us until he has, first of all, completely undone us. As long as you're sitting on your high horse, as long as you're looking down your long religious nose at others as if no sin you had done, as long as you're casting and pointing fingers, casting stones and blaming other people for their shortcomings, you're never going to take a look at yourself. See, you got to get undone. you got to get to the place where where you're just willing to be just butt-naked honest with God and say, I ain't all that I should be. And I need to do better. Listen, some, some people hear messages like this and they say, oh, well, you're just trying. That's that's works righteousness. You, you're just trying to do something to earn favor with God. Listen, you can't earn salvation, but the Bible says he will either bless you or curse you in your deed. The Bible says that every believer will stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive uh, judgment for the things that they've done in the this life don't think that i'm saved and it don't matter if i serve him the 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 most uh one of the two primary words and we've looked at this in our worship series one of the two primary words in the new testament for worship, one is proscaneo, which is to lay at the master's feet like a dog licking his hand because the dog knows if I'm going to get fed, touched, played with, any good thing is going to come from my master. That was the Greek imagery for worship. The other was latruo. And latruo means to show your love and adoration for someone else by the service that you provide for them. Let me hold that door for you. Let me fix that plate for you. Let, 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 let me carry that load for you. It is unnatural To love someone and not serve them. Mm, Y'all quiet on me. Go ahead and try that in your marriage. See how that lasts. Go ahead and be that man. Go ahead and be that husband, man, that says, well, I told her I loved her when I married her. She ought to know it. Now, you ought to show it. People who are in love, they cannot help themselves. I'm telling you, we ought to be like them chipmunks we used to watch on Saturday morning. No, not them. What was them? Were they beavers? Gophers. After you. Oh, by no means. After you. I wouldn't dare. You first. How many of y'all remember them? Chipmunks, gophers, pigeons, whatever they were. They were deferring to someone else. They were preferring above themselves. We live in a society now where I got to get me mines. That's not God. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is being his hands and feet and letting him use us for his glory to show the world who he is. When Isaiah got a clearer picture of who God is, he's like, man, all these people calling me the great prophet. Uh, All this this stuff that that I'm supposed to be living up to. Uh, not, Not only am I jacked up, everybody around me is jacked up. And now I'm seeing God. Listen, if you ever start to get a peek of God... You, and how clean he is and how holy he is, it is going to make you realize how unclean you are. It, 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 it's more drastic than Jif and Peter Pan. How many, how, many, how many choosy mothers we got in the room? How many choosy mothers choosing Jif in the room? Yeah, y'all need to get right with Jesus. <laughs> did you do that test, Bliss Hayes? Did you do, did you do my Peter Pan Jif test? Because you were a JIF believer. You were putting JIF on your children. I said, give them a spoonful of each and see see which one of the eyes, which one they like better. Everybody likes Peter Pan better. JIF is nasty. You don't know it's nasty because you've been eating it your whole life. You don't know it stank because you've been giving it to your children. But let me just help you, choosing mothers, choosing JIF out. Let me help you. Peter Pan has three times more oil and sugar in it than Jif has, and it tastes better. You don't know how bad you. Jessica's shaking her head. I, I'll buy you the Peter Pan and the Jif. Take, get a receipt from me. Get, get them kids. I'm telling you, you don't know how bad what you got is until you get something better. You too, Stacy, green, shaking your Jif head. Bliss. If she she lets them taste Jif and then lets them taste Peter Pan, is it going to be a small difference or a big difference? Big difference. You don't know how bad it is until you see something better. Listen, y'all don't know how bad uh, uh, a fast food hamburger is until you eat a quality hamburger. You don't know how bad that steak is. Mama been serving you cube steak. She had to beat with a hammer for a half hour to soften it up so you could chew it. And you're like, "Ooh, we eating steak, baby? Cube steak? Yeah, it says steak on there, but and you don't know how bad. It's like, listen, one of the funniest things I hear comedians talk about—they didn't know that they were poor because everybody around them was poor. I, hey, I didn't know I didn't know how dysfunctional I was till I got in church. We didn't go to church. Nobody in my family went to church. Nobody in my family reading the Bible, cleaning up, getting holy. But when you see something that's really clean, oh, my goodness. Listen, all you Dasani water drinkers. You you think that Dasani water, that Dasani water is so nasty, but you don't know it until you take that Dasani water and then you take a drink out of this right here, which I believe is just tap water, but it's better than Dasani. When the comparison of necessity comes and you get a revelation of it, then you realize he's greater than I've given him credit for, and I'm way less than I've given myself credit for. He said, I'm I'm unclean, and I live in the midst of people that are unclean. I'm going to tell you what. if, If the world gets any more unholy, if the world gets any more unclean, it's, it's tragic, y'all. I, I, was, I, I was on this planet when Elvis was alive. And, and I'm telling you, he, I, I was sharing this with a friend this week about the moral decline of America in my lifetime. They, the biggest scandal in pop culture was when Elvis Presley was on television. They blurred out his bottom half and only showed him from the waist up because he was doing this. Ed Sullivan Show, and this is all he was doing right here. And they said, that's vulgar. That gyration it will lead our children to a devil's hell for sure. I'm not even going I used to tell people, man, you really want to see something, turn on BET, VH1, MTV, whichever one of them channels they got going these days. And look, oh my goodness, the stuff they show, the stuff they show on television right now would make your great-grandparents seize up and have a natural heart attack. I finally lived into it. I, 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 finally, I finally lived into it, didn't Ken. I finally lived into being old for sure. I used to tell my sister, it must be hard on old people to see how much this world has changed for the worse. And now I, I'm there, and it's hard. I didn't go to school with, with people holding their pants, belt down here walking like this. Must be make it easy on cops to chase them. But I, I did, when I went to school, underwear was worn under. And it wasn't meant to be seen. And I, and I, oh, he, he bad on me from, from my, I sag if I want to. Well, just do a little, you know, just explore sagging a little bit. Find out that, you know, that, that, that's, that's something that the gay population made popular in America. Follow that trend if you want to. I'm not just here to get on sagging pants and lack of morality. What I'm here to tell you is God is way cleaner than we are. And you might be the belt-wearingest, most morally upright person that you know. But you're all your holiness, the Bible says, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags compared to God. And until we see that, until we see ourselves as desperately sinful as we are, we will never long for his holiness. I've said for years, it's not hard to get people to receive Christ. It really isn't. I've led tens of thousands of people to Christ in my lifetime. Tens of thousands of people to Christ. And it's never been hard to get someone to want Jesus as their Savior. It's not hard to win somebody to Christ. It's hard to get them to admit that they need Christ. Oh, it's not hard to get someone to accept Jesus as their Savior. It's hard to get them to see that they're a sinner on their way to hell, and that's what they deserve. Start witnessing to people. Start sharing your faith, and, and you'll hear people say, well, I, I've heard this more than anything. I don't know where what, lost people's hand guide to combat evangelism. I don't know where they get these answers. But share your faith somebody. Uh, do, do, you re, do you believe that you're a sinner? Well, I never killed anyone. We're just going to go there all the way? We're just going to start with murder? Uh, what, what, what about What about stealing? You ever steal anything? Well, nothing big. I mean, people just want to justify justice. People don't want to realize how bad they are. But I'm going to tell you something. If you ever see a revelation of how great God is, you will feel just like Isaiah. See, this is why, for some of you sports fans, you'll understand this. This is why I don't agree with uh, Division I football teams playing Division Three football teams. Because they're 50 pounds heavier by position they're, they're five times stronger on average and it's just got to be an emotion killer it's got to be an emotion killer you, they go out there thinking oh I'm, I'm the best linebacker in our conference and then they step up and go out there and play alabama and get beat down they thought they were tough listen every linebacker in the nfl thought they were tough till they stood eye to eye with ray lewis every quarterback thought they were something until Tom Brady walked in with all those rings when you see how great God is you ought to realize I'm undone I'm jacked up and I'm living around a bunch of people that are jacked up but I want to tell you something here's some great news for you you are eligible to step up and be a man of God or a woman of God if you want to I don't know how it got popular. I just know it's popular. I was ordained uh, to be a pastor in the Lord's church. Had an uh, anointing oil and laying on of hands. Uh, done by me by an African-American bishop in an African-American church. I told you a bishop says it's a predominantly black church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you, if you've ever been the only one in a room, you, you, you know that it predominantly is relative to who's saying it. Um, So I've I've preached in dozens of of churches that were predominantly African-American congregation. I've been around lots of uh, African-American culture. I don't know how it started or where it came from. I just know that it's culturally appropriate to mess that word up but to say it's it's not a man of God. It's not. You, you, You think someone's a man of God? Not in Kojic. There there is no man of God in the church of God in Christ. That does not exist. There there is no man of God in in, uh, the black congregational Baptist church. Well, Anybody know what he is? He's the man of God. The man of God. And they get that big speech, man. If you you ever really want to feel awkward, you ever really want to see something wild, be, be a guest preacher at a Kojic church. It don't matter if they got three people in the room. The 45-minute the, the uh, resume introduction that they're going to give. And now it's my great privilege. The honor that has been bestowed upon me this day. Uh-huh. To present to you our speaker for the hour or two. <laughs> A true apostle. A general in the faith. But before I do that, let me first of all thank Bishop Jones, Mother Jones, to all the the pastors, prophets, evangelists, pastor teachers, to all the saints of God in the house, members and non-members. Uh-huh. Am I right? And then when they finally, after all that bemoaning, and, and now what I need you to do, if you're physically able, to stand to your feet, no, don't do it, to stand to your feet and give God some glory for our man of the hour, our speaker for this moment, the breath of God in the room today, the man of God. Bishop Bobo. Whether it's a man of God or a man of God, I want you to know every man in this room that's a Christian, it doesn't matter how undone you are how undone you've been. You are eligible to step up any time you want to and be the full-fledged man of God without any introduction from Kojic and without any applause from human beings. God is not just looking for men in the pulpit to be men of God. He's looking for men in his family to be men of God and women in his family to be women of God. You don't have to have a microphone or a stump. You don't have to have a pulpit or a perch to be a man or a woman of God. What you've got to do is you've got to get a revelation of who God is, see him for how great he is, and understand, I am messed up. Now, in most churches, the messed up people get pushed to the side. Well, we don't, we don't want them serving in ministry yet. Let's, let's, let's put, put them on a set aside. They got a name for it. In Kojic, they got a name for it. You, you, you get set aside for a year before they let you serve as a deacon. You get set aside. You'll be deacon elect. Because they're like, well, you know, we can't have any undone people. We can't have any raggedy people. We can't have any, any, any shot-out people. Listen, I, I heard a message one time. Uh, I, 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 Connie, you probably were there and probably don't remember it. One in a thousand messages that, that we heard uh, our pastor, uh, C. Benny Moore, preach. He preached a message one time and almost got up and walked out of the room. Because, you know, when you're young in Christ, you think you know more than everybody. That's what immaturity will do for you. He said, I want to preach to you today a message today titled, God only uses backsliders. I thought that's heresy in the highest. The Bible says the backslider and heart to be filled with his own ways. The Bible says God doesn't even hear the prayer of the people that regard iniquity in their heart. He, he backslide God ain't. He? But then as he preached, he went on to say the reason why God only uses backsliders. Is because everybody that's ever been saved slid back at some point in their life, and God's given you an opportunity to get right with Him and be used by Him no matter how undone you are. But the sad reality is, there's people in the room right now that just want the message to end so they can go do what they want to go do, and they have no desire to be a man of God, no desire to be a woman of God. That's why people go to churches that preach shorter and and preach more personal empowerment messages. They're not not calling for a standard. When I went to Rick Warren's church, the largest pastor's conference on the planet, he he told every pastor in there, there was over 4,000 of us in there, he told every pastor, don't preach long, never have an altar call, don't preach on sin, never say anything that could convict anybody. People get beat up by the world all week long and when they come to church, your job is to make them feel good. I'm so glad that doctors have better sense than, than, than that man train, training preachers. Could you imagine if, if Nancy goes to a doctor and uh, she, she's, she's got a bad stabbing pain in her shoulder and he looks at her and says, you're fine, you're perfect, you're good just as you are. I think you're the most awesome patient I've ever seen before. Have a lollipop and go home. Nobody's getting better under that lie. Nobody's getting better under that foolishness. But there are people in this room, you don't want to be a man of God or a woman of God. Let me tell you this for sure. Hell is hot and eternity is long. And if you don't choose God, there's only one alternative to choosing God. And that's a lifetime of punishment in the devil's hell. Mm, That's not popular, but it is. The truth. In verse 6, the Bible says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Look what happened. Isaiah got a picture of God because he saw how clean God was. He saw, saw how unclean he was. And he confessed his sinfulness, and God, see it in the text, did everything for him to be clean. Isaiah didn't have to walk on broken glass. He didn't have to get in a set-aside program for six months so that everybody could make sure he was legit. He didn't have to be on a waiting time frame for anybody to believe in him. God did all the work. This angel took a coal, touched it to his mouth, and God declared him clean. I want to tell you something. that's very similar to what God will do for you. The Bible says if you'll confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to live with the guilt and the shame that you're living with right now, hoping nobody finds out how raggedy you really are, hoping that nobody ever sees you get exposed publicly. You don't have to live being an unprayerful, unBible un un-Bible-reading, non faith-sharing person that you know you are deep in your own life, you can let God clean you up right now, and he'll do all the work, and you can be right before God. There's nothing like feeling right before God. Verse 8, last verse. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, listen, if you want to know what God would say today, somebody tell us what would God say today. What he's been saying, what he already said, he never changes. Do you know Grandmama would tell you the same thing today if you came to her white tablecloth uh, lunch with dirty hands? She's just not going to look at you eating her on her tablecloth with dirty hands. She's going to say the same thing to you that you came last time. God is going to tell you the same thing today that he was saying thousands of years ago, and he's going to keep saying it because he never changes. And here is what the voice of the Lord said. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? A lot of teaching in that verse right there. That's proof positive that Jesus was alive before Bethlehem. There's proof positive that Jesus didn't come into existence as a baby. He came into manifestation as a baby. But he had long since existed before the earth began in eternity with God. God, here talking to Jesus, who will go for us? And look what Isaiah said. Here am I. Send me. Same thing happened with Abraham. God God said, who who will I send? Abraham said, here am I, send me. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord roaming to and fro throughout the earth looking for one person whose heart is loyal to him so that God could show himself strong on their behalf. God wanted to show himself strong in, in this day and age through Isaiah. God wants to show himself strong in this day and age through you. But is your heart loyal to him? Do you desire to be useful in God's kingdom? Isaiah, he wasn't ready to be all God wanted him to be while he was still focused on the wrong thing. Something had to die so he could get his eyes on the right person. Something had to change. And listen, I don't know what needs to change in your life. I don't know who you need to kick out of your life. I don't know what you need to kick out of your life. I don't know how you need to make your transition. But I'm telling you this today. If you will change to be who God wants you to be, he will touch you, he will clean you up, and he will use you for his glory. You've done nothing to disqualify yourself. The Bible says the gift and calling of God are without repentance. God will not change his mind about loving you. God will not change his mind about creating you. God will not change his mind about the gifts that he has put into you. But your blind spots have got to be dealt with. Stop acting like you're better than you are. And I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. And so many times you just hear an hour-long rendition of what God's been doing in me all week, all month, all year. Repentance and cleansing has to take place before you can walk in your destiny. Some of you honest to God. If the truth was told, you really want to see God. You really want to see America turn to God. You really want to see your family get saved. But what are you doing in all of your dysfunction and brokenness? God is looking for somebody. God is still in heaven. Whom shall I send? If God was in this room right now, Here's the question he would ask. Who will go for us? Who will go for us? So the question is, will you? Will you go for God? Will you be the one? We see people step up and do things, and, 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 and we, just, we, we just, you know, just, ooh they're so awesome. When, when, are, when are you going to step up and do something for the Lord? Well, I don't want to give it all to God. He might send me on a mission trip. Maybe he might. Well, I don't want to give it all to God. He, he might make me want to quit my bad habits. Surely he will. But will you go for him? Or will you just leave it up to everyone else? God is calling the same way now as he called then. Whom shall I send? Listen, God is calling some of you to salvation. Some of you have never been truly born again. You're in this room right now, and you're not truly saved. How long are you going to play this game? How long are you going to risk it? People dying every day. You know, people the people that were in that parade in, in Waukesha, Wisconsin, you know, they went out there with family and friends thinking they were going to have a good day, and six of them died, or seven. They didn't know that was going to be their last day on earth. Tomorrow is not promised. When are you going to get saved for real? Because... They stepped out into eternity. And once you step out into eternity, once you close your eyes on this side, you open your eyes up somewhere else. The Bible says that the the one man died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. The other man died, and he was in paradise. When you die in this life, where are you going to open your eyes? God is calling today. He's calling some of you to salvation. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. To to be saved. You don't have to walk this aisle. You don't have to shake my hand. You don't have to say anything to me. God said that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you can be saved. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I called on God lots of times before I got saved for real. And it never worked for me until the last time. And that's why I don't believe that you get saved and lose it and get saved and lose it and get saved and lose it. The Bible says they went out from us because they were not part of us. For if they'd been part of us, they'd have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that it might be made manifest that they were never part of us. Listen, if you ever get real salvation, it's forever. The Bible says what God does, he does forever. And some of you need to let God save you in a very real way so you can get past what's holding you back. I want everybody in the room right now bow your head and close your eyes. I'm not going to drag this out. I'm, I'm, most of you have, have, have been through an invitation altar call like this before. I'm just going to tell you, if you're here right now and you're not sure that you're saved, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get saved. I want to pray a prayer, and I want you to pray it uh, after I pray it. I'm going to pray it out loud. I'm going to let you pray it silently. The Bible says God can hear the thoughts in your head. Some of you prayed this before. You're not saved. You need to pray it again. You need to search for God until you find him. If you're here and you want to get saved, For real, right where you sit, I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. I want you to pray it. If you're serious, I'm not talking about getting right, getting uh, recommitted. I'm not talking about rededication. If you know that you need real salvation, I want you to pray silently in your heart. Just say this something like this. Listen, these words aren't magic. Listen, they they won't be the thing that saves you. But if you really mean it with your heart, God will save you. If you want to get saved, you pray this silently after I pray it out loud. Dear God, I believe in you, and I believe in your son, Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner, and I believe that Jesus died for my sin and rose from the dead for my justification. Please, God, save me, change me, make me a real Christian. If you just prayed that prayer or something like that, and you meant that, and you were serious about it, the, the, the Bible says that God doesn't call secret disciples. Whosoever believes in him should not be ashamed. If you just, if you just prayed that prayer and you meant it, I just, just as a way of testimony, I just want you to slip your hand up, put your hand up, put it right back down. Say, I prayed that prayer. All right, all right. Okay, okay, all right. People all over the room saying that they prayed that prayer. Listen to me. What you need to do, you need to get serious about your faith. You need to start serving God. You need to start following God. You need to start being the man. You can can go from newly born, saved person today to woman of God, man of God today. And God will use you forever. I want everybody to look up at me and we're going to finish this. There is a place for you to serve God right here at Abundant Life. We got to get past all of the excuses. We got to get past. The procrastination. We've got to get past what we used to do. We got to get past what we're waiting on to change. The Bible says if you're ever gonna be anything for God, you got to do it while it's daytime. You the, the time is limited. And, and, and here's the reality. We, we've got so much need for people to step up right now. And and, and here's what we're gonna do. I'm not gonna bring you up front, it's long in the day already, but and and, and listen, the Bible says it better not to make. commitment to god than to make a commitment and break it but here's the thing we are about to revamp every ministry in this church and we're about to bring in new people who are serious about serving god it's step up time it's time to step up and some of you you know the gift that is in you you know the talent that you have you know what god has put in your heart to do and it's time to get that done so so here's what i want to see i I, i'm not saying you got to make a commitment to it today. But I, I just want, as a way of stepping up, as a way of doing something that we can build on, uh, we, we are going to start with a radical change in our praise and worship team because they lead the way up front. And if you're here and you would say, uh, I, I, I really am considering. If, you, if you'd at least say, I'm considering getting involved in the praise and worship ministry. Uh, the audiovisual visual art soundboard ministry if, if you'd like to sing if you'd like to dance if you if you'd like to play an instrument or if you would like to learn and just be a part of the praise and worship if you would say and and, and if you're already on it uh, let's see your hand if you can say it honestly uh I, i'm considering be- becoming uh a part of the praise and worship ministry moving forward i want to step up in that area anybody all right all right amen amen okay all right We we got needs everywhere. Food and clothing ministry. We got about nine people working themselves to death in the food and clothing ministry. Some of y'all have thought, you know, I'd like to be involved helping some people that are less fortunate than me. I'd like to be involved in helping some hurting people. If you'd say, I'm thinking about maybe stepping up and helping some in 2022 in food and clothing ministry. Let me see your hand. Anybody say, I I want to step up in that area. We, We need more ushers. We need more greeters. We need security people. We need hospitality people. We need more people on the finance team. We got the same four people counting the money every service. And if one of them's gone, then the person that counted the money earlier in the week's got to do it again. If you're serious about stepping up, we got needs in our children, in our youth ministries. We just poured a bunch of money into our children's ministries. We need more workers to get involved. If you think about stepping up there, we need more prayer warriors. We got a prayer chain that needs more people. Bombarding heaven with prayer requests. Listen, we need more teachers and preachers in this church. If, if you're saying, Pastor Scott, something of what you said, or maybe I didn't even touch on what you want to do, but you know you're ready to step up and let God use you more in, in these coming weeks and months, let, let me see your hand say, I'm, I'm ready to step up. I'm ready to step up. All right? Listen, God is asking this question. Who can I send? Can he send you? Can He send you? Are you willing? Are you willing to go for Him? Listen, if you got saved here today, here's what I want you to do. If you pray and ask God to save you, I want you to find one of these uh, cards in the back of one of these chairs in this building. I want you to write your name on it and check that box on the back of it to, and say that you prayed to receive Christ. Those cards go on my desk. I want to pray for you every day this week that God will fill you with His Spirit and give you all wisdom. If you're here and, you, and, and you, you've said it, or you know you should have said it, that you want to step up, I want you to take one of those cards, and I want you to write what you want to do. And if I didn't cover it, listen, I believe one of the jobs that is, is critical to my position as the overseer of this church is to identify the gifts in the body of Christ and provide a platform for them to use their gifts. Maybe, maybe, I, didn't, maybe I didn't cover something. We, we had a lady one time said she wanted to start a quilting ministry. We've done blanket ministry. Uh, what, whatever ministry you feel like God wants you to do, I want you to put your name on a card. If you're willing, listen, guys, we got to get security ministry back together and on point. About three weeks ago, I saw, I don't even know what city it was in, but they caught it on tape. Man walked in uh, to a church, a uh, small church, handful of people, walked right up to the front, and started waving a gun at everybody. You saw that, Cheryl? Waving a gun at everybody. Listen, everybody, the pastor got him is right. Everybody in the church would be fired if that happens at Abundant Life. After after watching for three or four minutes of this man waving a gun, the pastor realized, well, if it's got to be, it's up to me. because The rest of these cowards ain't going to do anything pastor charged him, speared him, took him off his feet then all the big men stuck, stepped up and, you know, got on top of him once pastor tackled him oh, y'all let me tackle somebody here, I'm firing all y'all we'd be having church with three people security usher, greeter, smiles, ministry help with parking lot I want everybody who's willing I want you to take one of those cards in those chair pockets, and I want you to put your name on it. I want to see your name, and I want to see what you want to do in the coming months for God. Because God is still asking, who shall I send? And, I, and if you're already in a ministry, fill it out anyway. Well, he knows I serve on the praise and worship ministry. I play the keyboard. Put your name on a on piece of paper. We are going to build up an army of warriors that love God. And we're going to advance God's kingdom right here on Georgetown Drive. And and it takes teamwork to make the dream work. And I want you to get on the team. Some of you used to do so much, you're doing nothing now. Step up. Some of you never done anything. Step up. Some of you have been considering backing up from what you've been doing. No, step up. The kingdom of God is at hand. Pray with me. God, thank you for choosing us. Thank you for desiring to send us. God, I pray that you would lead your children to step up today, to take those cards, put their name on it, Write down what area they want to serve in. God, I pray that you would send us labors. We realize that the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. God, I pray that you'd pull labors together even out of this group today that would allow us to change the world for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the ALCF Sound Doctrine Podcast.